0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. You know, SP3, it's amazing. All of a sudden, we take one, one night off. And we got Rick Steiner in cages. We got Raquel and Dakota dropping the tag belts after three days. Hey, that's almost like 600 times longer. And, we, and now look at this. Your lights are falling down. What the hell is going on? We take one night off and everything's gone to hell. Everything is gone to hell. But you know what? AEW may have righted the ship because that was an absolute banger of a way to close out of, at least for us, a week's worth of shows here that was just spectacular capped off by FTR and the Young Bucks last night.
0: Yes, that Young Bucks FTR match was so good, my lights can't even stay up. That's the second <laughs> time it fell down before we started recording, and then as we start this recording, that's how good that match was. Balls to the walls, action, storytelling, callbacks to their previous meeting, callbacks to bret hart matt jackson pulling out the bret hart offense once he hits the punch into the gut i was like i know what you're doing what you're doing here just that was insane i didn't know ftr could give us two five-star classics in one week and they have yeah the briscoe's match was amazing this match was was phenomenal ftr is really making me reconsider my best tag team in the world conversation. I've said it's the Young Bugs and it's the Young Bugs until further notice. I just received my notice that it <laughs> might be a TR. <laughs>
1: Uh, we will obviously dive into that uh, a little bit more as we go along. Samoa Joe made his AEW in-ring debut, defeating Max Caster. Poor Max Caster. Uh, Joe looked great last night. We'll we'll dive into that as well. Three big championship matches have now been set up, all on different dates, all on different shows. Uh, we'll break down those for you. Finally got to see Christian cook a little bit last night. That was a pleasant uh I don't want to say surprise, but just it, it was just a pleasantry. It, that's what it was. It was just a pleasure. It was a, rem- it
0: was a reminder, a yes. reminder of how good Christian is because he hasn't had a singles match since All Out twenty twenty one. His first loss in AEW. That was a nice little fact that they told us on commentary because I completely forgot he was undefeated before he lost to Kenny Omega, and then this is his second loss of the night. And this show was bookend by two bangers. That was a yes. great. Singles matchup to start the show, great opener, and then we got a five-star classic in the main event. Like this is one of the or, best. Or as
1: Tony Schiavone said maybe a ten-star classic. Is that such a dang thing? Like let's go ahead and just make it one. Uh, at this point, uh, Jade Cargill continues to get better and better and better and better, and on top of that, she continues to get more over and over and over. Should they consider a babyface turn? We will talk about that as well. Also, uh, our good friend Sean Rossap. Uh, from Fightful.com says a number of names are being considered for NXT call-ups. There's a lot of NXT stuff we could discuss, but let's just leave Tuesday's show in the past where it belongs and we'll focus on the future possible NXT calls. Maybe as soon as SmackDown, we'll break down all those names and so much more for you here on today's episode of the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. But before we get into that, got to get a shout-out to our friends over at Bet Online your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info along with odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters championships. Do you want to put money on Tiger? Go ahead and do it. Why not go on to bet online? Also, the start of the Major League Baseball season is today. You want to bet on my Reds? Don't do it. But if you want to, you can. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It is super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts also sp3 i'd be remiss if we didn't mention our friends over at manscaped all right these guys have, have hopped on as a a sponsor of the show and uh all throughout the month of april we are going to be folk uh there's a special deal going on all right that's what i'm trying to say all throughout the month of april you go over to manscaped they sent us over some really cool products as as, as part of this uh game changer for me as far as the uh Uh, male grooming aspect of things. If you want to hop in on that action, all right, by the way, you can Venmo me 25 bucks. Maybe I'll do before and after photos for you, but uh, it's, it's a gamble. All right. It's a gamble. But uh, if you go to manscape.com, if that's something you're, you're really looking forward to looking that you need to hop into there, uh, you can use our promo code all month long, get 20% off plus free shipping. All right. And that promo code is believe PW. That is B L E A V the letter P and the letter W 20% off. Free shipping, head on over to manscape.com. That deal lasts all throughout the month of April. And we will start here. Uh, FTR retaining the Ring of Honor and Triple A tag team titles over the Young Bucks last night. And this was a match that was pretty much a barn burner from the get-go uh, last night. Uh SP3. And I man, it just kept getting hotter and hotter as it as it went throughout. A lot of really cool uh, false finishes, close near false. Uh, Cash Wheeler uh, doing his best Roman Reigns, getting the, that shoulder up at like the last possible second a few times there made you think maybe um, the Bucks were going to pull this one off. I think the thing that was most impressive, like you brought up, they just had a classic with the Briscoes like what? Six days ago. What was that? I don't even know what day it is anymore.
0: Yeah, it was four days ago.
1: Yeah, they're bruised up. They're beat up. They got the tape on their shoulders and lower backs. And then they go out and they put on this bad boy, which had one of the best finishes I've seen in forever. You get the reversa of fortunes here with FTR hitting the double knee, and then they give him the double kiss, and then they hit the big rig and get the one, two, three, and the place erupted. The city of Boston erupted for FTR last night. And this is something that we talked about before we started recording, and I'll bring it up now. I never... Thought FTR would be one of the most over tag teams, over acts, over anybody in the entire of AEW ever, because they're such good natural heels. But in the blink of an eye, SP3, the crowd has just hopped all aboard the FTR train.
0: It's been very steady how they've done it. Uh, separating them from Tully Blanchard seems like the best decision that they have done because that was the real signal that we were getting a baby face turn you know more acknowledgement you saw the matchup with uh cm punk with dax Harwood. that kind of really wrapped it up because the fans were treating him like a heel at the beginning but through his fight in that matchup they kind of turned and were cheering for him towards the end of that match and yeah, then they, they had the match last week with the gun club they went against one of ROH's greatest babyface tag teams their greatest tag team period of all time on Friday at ROH Supercard of Honor against the Briscoes and they although they did edge a little aggressively into things like they were aggressive throughout blit and busting open Jay Briscoe and stuff they never really went full on heel the way they could have and they have in the past and then I'm just watching this matchup this matchup that was the dream match that everybody wanted to see when FTR left, you know, uh, WWE came to AEW immediately <sighs> went face to face with the young bucks. Everybody and their mama wanted FTR and the young bucks. And everybody thought that the way to do this is the young bucks being baby faces, FTR being heels. They had a, very shoddy up and down build up to their first match back at Full Gear 2020 where the Young Bucks were kind of teasing, going heel, and then they eventually just went babyface for that matchup because that was the roles everybody thought it should work out as. This match proved that the role reversal is even better than than the original thought. Just FTR being these badass baby faces who the fans were able to rally behind. And the Young Bucks have just paid tremendous heels over the last year just are fully cocky fully douchebags they know how to get the crowd behind the other team and they just know how to play to the camera and play to the crowd in such a way that just gets under people's skin even more than their wrestling style does so <laughs> they just know how to how to work as heels and FTR has amazingly over the last month became one of the hottest babyface tag teams in all of professional wrestling. And between what they did on Friday, completely, you know, despite Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair having a fantastic match at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins tearing it up at WrestleMania, Speedball Mike Bailey had great matches on a number of different shows, Biff Busick and John Moxley had a bloody war. The match of the weekend was FTR versus the Briscoes. And then they came back with another five-star classic. I said, the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world until further notice. I've received my notice. It might just be FTR after the last five days.
1: Yeah, man. Um, And and this is something like, you know, when you talk about rankings like that, when you say things like that, it's an ever-changing landscape. It doesn't always have to be one team at one particular time right now yeah i would have to agree with you i think ftr is they're they're just firing on all cylinders in ring work character work um everything is just cooking with gas with these guys right now and they've just absolutely uh caught fire uh because of it and you know like ftr like so many acts who came over at AEW, they came over with such fanfare everybody had high hopes about the way that they had been booked previously in wwe and then due to all the you know the tag teams that came in and the the depth of the, of the roster and everything like that much like another guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit Christian they kind of fell kind of fell to the back burner for a while there and all of a sudden now this is the FTR i think a lot of people were expecting at least the push for FTR was expecting uh, when they first came over here but i don't think anybody expected them to be this white hot this over and just be these great baby faces like I don't know how else to say it anymore. I don't know how to put them over uh, anymore other than to just say the work is spectacular. And yes, I agree with you. It doesn't always have to. Sometimes the reverse of things or sometimes things don't go according to plan or how you think they should go down. And they turn out to be much, much better, which is why I say keep an open mind. Appreciate good work. And these two teams. They did good work last night, and they will continue to do good work.
0: This, two of the best tag team matches I've ever seen involved these two teams. And last night, joined the group, and AEW has produced probably my four favorite tag team matches. Hey, well, if you include FTR versus the Briscoe, because that's kind of AEW as well, like my five best tag team matches I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah, it's all, it's been the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros at All Out 2021, the Young Bucks versus FTR at Full Gear 2020, Young Bucks versus FTR, FTR versus the Briscoes. And that's all been in the last, what, two years? This is this. no one does tag team wrestling like AEW right now.
1: I've said it once, I'll say it again. I think the most coveted prize in all of uh All of AEW is the tag team titles, not not the singles championship, just based off of the depth and the star power and the way they treat that tag team division. We'll talk about that coming up here in a little bit. But first things first, got to give a shout out to Samoa Joe. Made his AEW in-ring debut last night. He defeats Max Caster, who continues to get better and better on the mic like may have had his best rap and i feel like we say that every time we talk about max caster we say his raps just continue to get better and better the digs that he had on samoa joe were great but i think what made it even better was joe's just nonchalant "Eh, that was pretty good after each one "Eh, talk your shit kid because i'm just gonna whoop your ass here in about two minutes "Eh, all right now it's enough time It was so great to see Joe back in the ring. And it's like, I see people talking about this on Twitter. I did not realize this was only his second match in two damn years, two damn years. And everything about him was just freaking great. Like, I love that moment in a match where you can just tell that he's done effing around. And he's like, all right, um, I've had my fun. It's time to call it a night. Let's end this damn thing. And that's exactly what he did. He just he just kind of stopped Caster mid, in his tracks, hit the buster, and said, all right, I'm out of here. My work is done for the night. A very successful night for Samoa Joe. Loved everything about it. I saw your tweet. You love the presentation and everything. I will say one thing. I do miss his WWE theme. I th- This one's not bad. This one's not bad.
0: This is not even... Neither one is his best theme.
1: Uh, I mean, best I agree thing, his
0: best guy. theme was "Mama Said Knock You Out" in ROH.
1: <laughs> I uh, there's just something I just miss that like that that big heavy bass drop that he had in WWE, and then the the beat kicks in, and the crowd's just going Joe, Joe, Joe. It just works so damn well. I did miss that, but that's the only thing I missed
0: tonight. <laughs> I didn't even miss it. I like his new theme. I think it fits him very well and i just like the presentation they presented joe like the badass that he is and I, I just love his reaction to Max Capser's rap. Max Caster has some great lines. talking about him being injury prone. Uh, talking about when when we beat them in the ratings, he was their champ. I'm main event here, X Division. <laughs> that, was just like, that was just some great lines by Max Caster. And that's the thing with Max Caster. It doesn't matter what happens bell to bell. He gets over at, before the bell rings with his raps. And the match didn't need to go longer than two or three minutes. And it didn't. Samoa Joe looked dominant. Hits the muscle buster. One, two, three. You continue the feud with Jay Lethal that was started at ROH Supercard of Honor. Set up a segment for next week. This hit all, checked all the boxes. And it was only Samoa Joe's second match in two years, which is crazy. Insane in my in my eyes. His first match in like six months as well. So, Yeah. I mean, you're steadily bringing him back into play. You've already got a feud ready for him in either AEW or ROH. I'm looking forward to him being in the Oran Hart Memorial Tournament as well. So a lot of fun things for Samoa Joe. Very happy to see him back. This is a guy that is probably one of the guys that made me an independent wrestling fan. Samoa Joe... CM Punk, Brian Danielson, AJ Styles. Those were the guys. And I followed Joe from ROH to TNA, so the undefeated streak, so the feud with Styles and Daniels, so the feud with Kurt Angle. And it, it felt great because I was able to kind of talk to Dutch about it after his debut at ROH, and he's worked with him in TNA. So you got to hear his perspective there. And I just really feel happy for Joe because he feels like he's done effing around he's done helping out the youth he's he's here to get his and that's what it it felt like yeah it
1: it felt like he was home last night because it's like his entire wwe run i'm just waiting for them to go there with joe and they never did i don't know what chalk him up under a list of dudes that i just don't understand what wwe did not see that guy should have been a multi-time wwe champion should have beaten brock lesnar for that championship should have happened could have had a huge main event run for two three years if they just let him just let joe be joe this big badass motherfucking killing machine like what's not to like because he's a little fat like is that is that it like is that what it is who gives a shit the guy the guy just looks like he could murder you with a snap of his fingers like he's freaking Thanos okay what's not to love he can talk he can go he looks dominant I don't know what they didn't see in him my only question is because we talk about the roster being as deep as it is. And we've talked, and we've sat here how many weeks and we've laid out, oh, who's going to be the next champion? Oh, but what about this guy? And what about that guy? Now that Samoa Joe's in the fold, SP3, how does that, how does that alter things? Do you think AEW does go there with Samoa Joe? And ultimately he does become world champion in AEW.
0: That's the thing now. They don't have to. Like he can just become ROH world champion at this rate. I mean, there's, I feel like they already have their plan in place. Guys like CM Punk is going to become champion. I think MJF is in line for a run. I think eventually someone like Darby Allen, another homegrown talent, needs to get a run with the AEW World Championship. So after all those guys get their runs, then maybe we can get to Joe. But in the meantime, Joe can win the Owen Hart Foundation uh, Memorial Tournament he can win the ROH World Championship. They have created so many other things, and it goes back to what we were talking about with FTR. You say the AEW World Tag Team titles is the most important titles in the industry or in the company. I don't even think so. It's just the division is the most important because you don't need to win those titles. FTR have the ROH and A tag team titles, and they're elevating those titles. The A tag team titles are being seen more than they ever have before. Despite the fact that Lucha Bros held those titles for like two or three years, you never really saw them until FDR became the champions and they're elevating the ROH World Tag Team titles with how they won it on Friday and how they put, you know, defended it tonight. So Joe can do the same for the ROH World Championship. I would love to see him versus Gresham. That's a completely different type of match with Joe's physicality versus just the human game of chess that Jonathan Gresham plays. There's so much that they can do now. Now that they have ROH into the fold, and I like how they, you know, showed you highlights of different stuff from SuperCard of Honor tonight, which shows you that there's going to be some synergy there.
1: We got three tight or excuse me, we got three championship matches that uh, are coming up here soon. All of them for AEW title matches. Let's hop into that right now. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So the next challengers for each of the major three championships in AEW have now been set. And I love that some of these matches are we, – we got some really big matches on Rampage that are coming up. And I love that Tony Khan is doing that because there are sometimes – some nights that Rampage just feels like another episode of Dark, even though like it's, it's great and it's really good. It doesn't feel like there's enough stakes, marquee, huge matches that really mean something that are on that show to in- incentivize people to stay up until 11 o'clock on a Friday night or tune in to television at 11 o'clock on a Friday night instead of going out and doing something else. Uh, we are getting a Texas death match on Rampage. On the 15th, I believe it is, of yes. uh, on the 15th of April. So uh, happy birthday week to me there. Uh, Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole for the AEW world title. Then I believe at on the 16th, I'm trying to do this off of memory here, it's going to be Battle of the Belts. That's when we're going to get Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. And then next week on Dynamite, it is Red Dragon. It is Luchasaurus jungle boy for the aew tag team titles as we start the five count here sp3 whose championship is most in danger as we head into next week and these three big title defenses
0: well it's got to be jurassic express it's got to be jungle boy and luchasaurus because red dragon is two of my favorite characters in aew right now they're just so hilarious whenever they are on the mic or whenever they are able to be heard and say something. Um I like the way they set up this whole title match with acknowledging the fact that Red Dragon only have one one tag team win in AEW, but they've literally just got under the skin of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus enough to get them to challenge them from the AEW World Tag Team title. So I think that it would be detrimental to Red Dragon's future in all elite wrestling if they lost this opportunity. I think that's the big title change that we're going to see next week. But Hangman versus Adam Cole delivered a banger at AEW Revolution. We saw Hangman Page deliver a banger against Lance Archer in the Texas Deathmatch. You mixed the two That's going to be probably one of the greatest matches in Rampage history. And then Battle of the Belts, I like that the first two Battle of Belts, it seems like the main event is for the Women's Championship. They are really trying to focus that and make that the main event angle. You know, the first Battle of the Belts had Dr. Bray Baker versus Riho. And I feel like Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose is going to be even better than that. I like the way they have allowed the both women to speak now. And let them build the storyline themselves. You know, Vicky got to chime in a little bit, but it was more Nyla speaking. And then yes. Thund- we got to hear Thunder Rosa speak. And it just, I like, I like the fact that they have brought this around and made sense of that original angle as well, because she attacked her in her home state of Texas. And now they're gonna verse in her home state in Texas at Battle of the Belts, too. So that made some sense of what I thought was a bad decision. So I give credit to Tony Khan for that.
1: I'm always down to make things make sense. Um, and, you know, I'm always down to 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 rectifying some situations. And I know that that angle left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, including both of ours. Uh, so, yes, good on Tony for, for doing that and making things make sense. I don't think there's a prayer in hell that Nyla Rose wins this match. And if she does, it's going to be via, like, disqualification or something along those lines. Thunder Rose is walking out. A battle of the Belt, still the AEW women's champion I think there would be a freaking revolution uh <laughs> or a revolt uh if Nyla Rose beat her and what would be her first title defense um when you look at Hangman and Adam Cole I'm not gonna say that it's a slam dunk that Hangman Adam Page retains but I pretty well think it's a slam dunk that Adam Page retains I I I wouldn't be so stunned if maybe they decided to do something, to do a little bit of a shock factor here. And maybe we do uh, a kind of hot potato here a little bit, kind of elongate that feud. I'm not saying that's what they do, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But I, yeah, I th- I got to go with the clear cut. I think red dragon actually does win uh, the, the tag team titles uh, next week. Um, you know, Adam Cole could have something to do with that to kind of protect the uh, Jurassic Express there a little bit that definitely fits with what they have been doing the last few weeks. That could be the storyline as they play into Rampage is Red Dragon stole the tag team titles. Now, Adam Cole's going to try and steal the AEW world title from Hangman Adam Page. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, it's it's got to be uh, Jurassic Express. They're in the most danger, and I definitely believe that they will be dropping the tag team titles uh, next Wednesday on Dynamite. Speaking of this ongoing story between Jurassic Express, Adam Cole, Red Dragon, there's another man in there and his name is Christian, who we actually saw wrestle last night. And not only did we see him wrestle last night, we saw him put on an absolute banger and that and I think the best word to describe it is what you said at the top of the show, a reminder that this man is as good as he fucking is because he is one of the goats. He is one of the best wrestling minds in the world, and he can still flat out go. Yes, he did lose to Adam Cole. Yes, that was the right booking decision. Yes, they protected him just a little bit. You know, like you said, it's only his second singles loss I, in all I of AEW.
0: I just want to mention, because i have saying this on AE Ramble, I just really enjoy how AEW makes a point to make sure that Adam Cole is a heel. They they always he never went clean. Like this was my biggest thing in in NXT. The reason why Adam Cole never got a reaction as a babyface in NXT, he was always cheered, is because he beat everyone clean. He beat Johnny Gargano clean, he beat the Velveteen Dream clean, he beat everyone clean as NXT champion. And he's literally not done that at all in AEW because although he still gets a huge reaction during his entrance, they try to get him heat with the way he wins. And they always seem to do by the end of the match, he does usually get booed with the way he wins. So they are doing the right thing.
1: Regardless of whether it was clean, shenanigans does not matter. Christian was good and pissed. Uh, after that match, they go to a backstage segment here. It was supposed to be Christian and Jurassic Express talking, and Christian, well, he chucked something. I think it was a water bottle or something. He was pissed off and stormed off. So they do these kind of things for a reason. s p three. What do we think is going on with Christian now? Is there a possible heel turn uh, in the works here? Do they finally have something cooking for this guy who has basically been a stepdad to Jurassic Express the last four months? And as far as reports are, Uh, coming out. He wasn't injured or anything. This is just a guy who's been on TV, not doing a whole lot as of uh, of late. Do they finally have something in the works for him here?
0: I think they always had something in the works. You just had to have him with Jurassic Express kind of as that kind of like older brother teacher to them, the the mentor to establish this. So it means something when he eventually turns heel because the, the minute that he aligned with Jurassic Express, especially the way he aligned with Jurassic Express after Jungle Boy defeated him in the casino battle royale right. last year at Double or Nothing reminder, Double or Nothing's in about a month and a half. So this is how it's This is how AEW books things. I think that we're going to see more of a change in Christian in the next couple of weeks. And then when we get back to the casino battle Royale with jungle boy and lucha now not the AEW world tag team champions. I think we're going to see the big sign here of, we're either going to get the heel turn at double or nothing in the casino battle Royale, or we're going to see a bigger change in Christian during that matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if Christian has something to do with jurassic express losing the tag team titles next week
1: on accident or on purpose
0: on accidental purpose
1: (laughs) subconsciously on on purpose maybe he just doesn't he just doesn't give a shit and he's almost like you know what good good Good. screw you guys screw you you and all your success
0: He tries to slide in the titles and slides it in too far, and Jurassic Express uses it to their advantage. Something I think I think this is all a part of a bigger story for Christian. The frustration of kind of being in the shadows of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus over the last month. He knows he's better than this, and that's why he was frustrated here. So I think this is just the first seed being planted to Christian finally going full on heel, which everybody and their mama has wanted for months
1: yes and i think that this is ultimately going to lead to a a very very good feud between christian and jungle boy which ultimately jungle boy uh should go over in that instance which is where christian's at in his career i just want to see this guy continue to do good work like the guy is still good he came back Uh, another miraculous return, just like, you know, edge and, and some of these other people who have, uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, excuse me, Brian Danielson, old habits, die hard. Sorry folks. But these guys that we never thought would wrestle again, never, ever, 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 ever thought that we would see wrestle again. And now they're, they're back and they're healthy and they're continuing to do good work. It's like they never freaking left. Some of them are doing their best work they've ever done in their entire careers. I just want to see Christian cook, man. I don't know how many years he's got left. He says he's going to retire in AEW. I kind of hope he doesn't. And we'll get to that here in just a few minutes when we kind of, you know, transition here into WWE news as we head into SmackDown. But one last thing on AEW, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jade Cargill cut her best promo ever. Uh, I think last night she continues to get better and better and better on the mic. I love the glasses. I love the look. I love the swagger. I love her fan section that she's got there and not just the planted fan section, but the fan section that continues to grow. AEW has got a star on their hands here. No doubt about it. SB three, number three, here on the five count SB three, number three should AEW. Be strongly considering a jade cargill baby face turn here in the near future
0: hell no <laughs> the reason <laughs> the reason this is all working ladies and gentlemen is because jade cargill is very good at cutting heel promos i don't want to really see what it's going to be like if she has to turn baby face and be more friendly be more smiley I like this character. Let this character naturally become babyface. AEW shouldn't be considering turning her babyface. They should allow the fans to make that decision. Let her keep on the the rate she's going. She's already feuding with another heel in Marina Shafir, so maybe the process is already starting here. But this is just needs to happen naturally. You don't force anything. You shouldn't consider anything. Just let it happen as it will. And AEW has made it a point to listen to the fans. If something isn't working, they change it. If something really isn't working, they get rid of it. So, so <laughs> this is what they need to just stay on the course that there
1: are. Um. Yeah, I meant to put consider in the question here. And I think that's that's the key word here. Uh, I think they should be considering it, but considering it doesn't mean they have to pull the trigger either. Uh, they can continue to kind of let this do here a little bit because she is continuously getting these bigger and bigger reactions every week. And yes, I think there will be a natural point where they go, all right, we've been thinking about this. We've been, you know, do a little couple tweaks here or there, maybe a little tests here or there. And yeah, now's the time to pull the trigger. They had that opportunity to pull that trigger with Dr. Britt Baker and they never did. They could have pulled a a baby face turn with Dr. Britt Baker while she was still the champion. They decided not to go that route.
0: No, they couldn't because the end goal was always Thunder Rosa, and Thunder Rosa is a much better baby face than they even. They could have. They could they, have. They it. couldn't. They couldn't because the end goal was always Thunder Rosa. That's why they couldn't. They just made bad decisions in who they booked her against. Her first challenger shouldn't have been Nyla Rose. I will stay on that hill and I will keep preaching from that hill. Her first challenger should have been a baby face, whether it be Big Swole, whether it be Red Velvet, whether it be Riho, Akarashita again. It should have been a babyface to kind of reject the fact that fans wanted to cheer uh, Britt Baker. But they could never, they never should have considered or never was considering, obviously, Britt Baker turning babyface because the end goal was always Thunder Rosa. This one is a little bit different because we don't really know. What the end goal is, we Correct. don't know if Marina Shafir is going to defeat her because of the way they're hyping up this 30th matchup and the way uh Jade Cargill is so cocky about it. We don't know if that's going to turn on her or she's going to have egg on her face and she's going to lose to Marina Shafir, and then that would speed up the the turning of the baby face because that makes that's her a cool. little bit more sympathetic to fans, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it brings out more of a cocky side and an aggressive side in Jade Cargill. You never know which way they can go with it but with Britt baker that was one where although the fans were cheering for Britt, they really couldn't listen to it because they were also cheering for thunder rosa and thunder rosa is a much better baby face so they had that was always the end goal they couldn't even consider they
1: couldn't you mean you mean to tell me that tony khan wouldn't consider taking his most over female superstar and turning her heel you mean tony khan wouldn't even consider doing something like that what
0: taking his most over baby face and making her heel i mean no because he's not Vince McMahon.
1: <laughs> real quick uh, on on jade cargill here um i think this could work and you know your argument here if you don't want to see a baby face jade Cargill character i go back to the conversation we had earlier this week about bobby lashley they're making bobby lashley a baby face right he's already over mvp has turned his back on him and the first thing that you said was Don't give me smiling, happy Bobby Lashley. Just keep him the exact same and just all the shit that he's been doing to heels all this time. Do it to, or excuse me, to baby faces time. Now do it to the heels. That's the exact same thing I would say for Jared Cargo. You don't have to change a damn thing. Maybe a couple minor tweaks here or there. But other than that, just let her be this character and i think she would be a perfectly fine baby face as well but you got to listen to the crowd and do it organically so considering it yes i wouldn't pull the trigger just yet
0: and you can tell that they are kind of they have shown signs of how she's going to turn babyface it's going to be her beating the crap out of smart mark sterling like they've already kind of already set that up and aew does have a better track record with turning heels to babyfaces eddie kingston didn't really change from heel to babyface he just aligned with john moxley and cut the same promos on heels and ftr as we are seeing right now they've made tremendous babyfaces and they really haven't changed up much outside of firing tully blanchard so they had have a better track record at this but both of those kind of happened organically and they listened to the crowd along the way so i think they need to do the same thing with jade
1: yeah it's it's again one of those head scratching things where we're wwe right and i i'm not usually the guy that likes to compare but aew does a much better job of listening to the crowd and reacting and then going okay this is working let's not fix it all right it ain't broke let's not fix it that's why it was kind of so refreshing to hear Cody Rhodes talk about Vince McMahon saying, hey, we're buying the American Nightmare because it ain't broke. Why are we going to fix it? I'm like, okay, that's great. Can you can you take that same mindset with a lot of the same damn people you have on your freaking roster right this second, please? Because how many times does somebody get over with a certain character, whether it be heel, babyface, whatever, and they're like, all right, we're going to flip you. And now we're going to do something completely different with you. And you got to get it over all over again. And it's like, why the fuck are you doing that? I don't know why I'm so amped up. I've dropped three F-bombs today, which means I got to, I got to put that, uh, I got (laughs) to, I got to put that marker on there uh, for for this episode of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up just briefly, because we talked about Christian. So let's go ahead and talk about Edge as well. Uh, He dropped a, uh, an interview, or he did an interview with Steven's Wrestling Journey that was recorded last fall, uh, where he said that uh, he kind of talked about how much time he has left uh, in his run, saying, quote, it won't be 10 years, definitely won't be 10, I doubt even five, maybe even before that, I doubt it's going to be three. So again, that's last summer. So we're coming up here on, May. if he's saying it's less than three, we may only have 18 months or so left of Edge in WWE. He just now started this new faction. So SP three is there. If he's got less than three years left on his career and he's always said he wanted, this is all about him closing out things on his own term. Is there anything? Because it's kind of hard to determine this with a guy like edge who's already accomplished so much. But if you got 18 months left of edge, is there anything you want to see him do before those 18 months are over?
0: no not really i mean <laughs> he's, he's pretty much versed everyone i've bunted him the face since f rollins aj styles i mean him and finn balor would probably be a really good matchup but that's not something that i'm like begging for and you know i really wanted to see edge versus aj styles and they had a good match but they didn't have as great of a match as i thought they would so hopefully they they give them another grow maybe they maybe. burst maybe they have the big hell in a cell match in june and that's what they're building for where they can finally have an authentic banger and have enough time and tell the story that they want to tell and this grand jury uh stable with damian priest possibly rhea ripley possibly Tommaso champa that's something i want to see but there's nothing really out there that i'm less like oh i really want to see this from edge i think edge has done really good work on the mic since his return his feud with randy orton was the best part about the build-up to wrestlemania 36 not so much the match um the greatest wrestling match ever was really good for a pre-taped pre-recorded matchup um his his feud with seth rollins was the best work that he's done and he had two fantastic matches with roman reigns the triple threat with danny o'brien at wrestlemania 37 and then that matchup at money in the bank was great as well so he's done great work don't get me wrong but there's nothing really from edge that i'm just like oh i really want to see this i know there's some people out there that might be an edging christian reunion i'm better off with Christian in AEW, and I don't see edge making the move to AEW in that span. So I don't really want to see Christian back in WWE because WWE has never known how to treat Christian. So I don't want to see Christian back under the WWE umbrella at
1: all. Yeah, there was, there is one thing and there's actually, there's two things. And one of those is one that you just mentioned. I don't, I don't need another run with edge and Christian. I just want to see one more match with edge and Christian as a tag team. The problem is I don't know who that opponent would be because I think the perfect opponent would be the Hardys, but they're an AEW. They ain't going anywhere. Christian's an AEW. He's probably not going anywhere edge. He ain't going to AEW for one damn match. I don't think he would. Maybe he would, but he's always been a loyal Vince McMahon, loyal WWE guy he just kind of used AEW as leverage to get WWE to clear him so he could, you know, look, that was all leverage on Edge's part, like saying, hey, look, this is going to happen one way or another. And then Vince was like, well, damn it, it should probably happen here. And he was right, and it worked, because Edge has always been booked better than Matt Hardy, than Jeff Hardy, than Christian. He has always been the, the guy in WWE's eyes out of that group that all came up during the, the during the late 90s. So I don't know what that match would look like, I don't know who the opponents would be, but if Christian came over after his AEW run was done and Edge and Christian closed out by having one last tag team match at WrestleMania, I don't know who the opponent would be. I would love to see that, but that's not at the top of my list. The top of my list right here is based solely off of this faction that is going on right now. Edge could win another world title and the kid and me would be happy and I would be great and, you know, everything would be fantastic, but that's not at the top of my list. I want to see Edge set up somebody like Damian Priest for success to be a top level guy in WWE, which despite his age, I think Damian Priest has all the talent to do. And that's what I want to see over the next 12 months is Edge and this faction doing everything that he can to set up. Yes, Damian Priest, but also Rhea Ripley, Tommaso Ciampa, who's ever in there. I think Edge's match next year at WrestleMania should be one on one with Damian Priest. This 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 faction should be a year-long period, done. They can dominate from the time that they're uh, fully incepted. They could win a bunch of gold at SummerSlam, carry it all the way through Royal Rumble season, and then they can start to deteriorate. You can build your story to edge uh, in Damian Priest, and that would be the match. You can have Damian Priest go over, and all of a sudden now, he's set up big for success. I think that would be what I want to see come out of
0: this is why i don't invest in wwe factions they literally put factions and tag teams together to break them up that's all they do i that's why i that's why i'm not gonna i am not i do not see myself getting really invested in the grand jury and that's why I, like i said i brought it up but i was like is that something that i really want to see or like to see I don't know, because I feel like it's just being brought together to do that, to set up Edge versus Damian norm- Priest.
1: Normally, I would agree with you, but if Edge is on a timetable anyway, this thing ain't going to have long legs. So it's he's all a worker.
0: Setting- I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is a question Rick wanted to do, but he's a <laughs> worker. I don't believe him. He'll be around <laughs> in three years.
1: We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. I can only go off of what people say. And I'm doing some math in my head. And I'm thinking maybe we got 18 years or 18 years, 18 months, two years. I mean, he's got to be, Edge, he's got to be 50 soon.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Edge is the same guy who said he wasn't cleared for for to wrestle at Royal Rumble 2020. The he's a worker. No, no, no. He's a worker. He said, he said he would never wrestle again. He's a worker. They, <laughs> they don't, they, he said he was going to wrestle again after he wasn't going to wrestle again after he was already cleared. He's a worker that's what they do you want him to
1: spoil the you want him to spoil the return
0: no but you can i'm not telling i'm not telling him to not lie i'm saying he's a worker so we shouldn't believe what he's saying
1: that's fair uh number five here before we uh wrap up smackdown uh is tomorrow night uh i know a lot of people are hoping that the first smackdown after mania is a lot better uh than the raw after mania not exactly a high bar there or or the nxt after wrestlemania with a kidnapping we're gonna leave that episode in the past sp3 we picked a good night to take off all right we're just gonna leave that in the past we'll focus on that next week well i will we have an announcement coming up next week on that anyway uh so i think a lot of people on monday were expecting some call-ups and as i brought up raw kind of already got their call-ups with cody rhodes Maybe Braun Breaker. I don't know now that he's the NXT champion again and he's beaten Gunther on, on NXT on free television and this, that, and the other thing. But their roster's pretty much set already. They are stacked as is. They really don't need the reinforcements. It is SmackDown that desperately needs the reinforcements. And fittingly enough, executive producer of this show, because he always gives us great content, Sean Rossap from com, uh, had a list of names that are being uh, suggested or considered for NXT call ups, and they include. Gunther, uh, based off of the booking that we saw. The weird thing is, is that Marcel is being considered for a call up, but not Eichner. Don't understand that. Raquel Gonzalez strongly being considered. Judging by the way that they dropped those tag titles in two days, that makes a ton of sense. And LA Knight also being considered for a call up. Yeah, except no, because one of the things they're reportedly considering is him as a freaking manager. <sighs> Lots to unpack there, SP3. I'll go ahead and ask a question. Do you think we see any of these people tomorrow night?
0: I think we're gonna see LA Knight on on SmackDown. The fact that it's as a manager, I I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guess that or predict that. I don't want to put that type of evil on my boy LA Knight.
1: Like think... Adam Cole, all over again.
0: I think he's the one that makes the most sense out of this group. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Gunther and Marcel Barthel after Fabian Iker inconspicuously, without any foreshadowing, without any build up, just decided to walk out on Marcel. It, I mean. Uh, my boy sat in the yankee we do the nxt review over on the wrestle talk podcast youtube channel and he came up with a cool idea which makes all the sense in this nxt universe i don't want to live in this universe but i have to think like i'm in it and Mark and fabian eichner is from italy you got the new don of nxt and oh, tony d'angelo yeah. he needs a family you put Fabian Eichner with him, so that's probably uh, that's why. That's
1: that's a good point because I'm sitting here, I'm wondering like, why are you bringing up Gunther and Marcel? What the hell are you gonna do with Eichner? Like, you're just gonna let Eichner be by himself, floating around that, somewhere? That no, would that work. wouldn't work.
0: So, so put him with with Tony D. That actually makes sense because he's from Italy. So, okay. and then and then Gunther, who they have totally stripped everything, everything away from Walter, that made him valter that's why i've just conceded and i'm calling him gunther i'm conceded <laughs> WWE because you have taken everything that made valter valter away look what they did to my boy he took his name he took his music he took his undefeated streak his status as like the final boss because he lost to Ilya dragon off after like three years of being undefeated in wwe Almost the Elio Dragon off at Takeover 36, and then he inconspicuously yet loses in a match that had an hour and a half build up to it against Braun Breaker on this week's NSC. Yeah, just put him on the main roster if that's what this whole thing is about. You Never reshaping what they, him. It, it-
1: never forget what they did to him at survivor series by the way i i, I totally ignore that
0: i totally that doesn't exist in my mind anymore but <laughs> uh if you, this is all you're doing is to you taking away his music you're taking away everything from him you broke up his stable in imperium if this is the new imperium with volter and marcel bartel okay just put them on the main roster at least do something with them though on the main roster please Even though there really isn't other tag teams on this, I was gonna Smackdown say, they- brand other than them doing the same thing, Sheamus and Rich Holland just did, which was beat the New Day in two minutes a couple of times, or the Viking Raiders, who lost to Omos on his own. So, yeah, hey, teach his song. That's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. A person that I think is going to be the most successful out of this bunch is Raquel Gonzalez she has the size she has a nice look and Smackdown at least gives her a bunch of options where she can feud with Charlotte Flair and you know that would probably be one of her best matches she can be in there with Ronda Rousey which will be the biggest spotlight that she's ever had in her career so Sasha Banks is a phenomenal performer that can have a lot of great and fun matches with her due to that size difference and stuff so there's a bunch of great option for her on smackdown so if anybody's going to be the most successful out of this group of call-ups it would be raquel gonzalez but she just re-injured her knee on nxt and lost the women's tag team titles in three days so i mean none of these people seem like they're on the best foot going going to the main roster
1: it really doesn't um and la knight's been losing for a while now i can't remember the last big match that he actually like One, like when he won the, the, the million dollar belt, like was that his last like big match that he won when it was takeover
0: in your house back in June of 2021?
1: Yeah, been a great run for LA Knight and NXT, which is why for months I've been screaming, put this dude on Smackdown. He should be there. He should not be there as a manager. He should be a professional wrestler and he will steal the whole goddamn show inside of a month because that's what he's good at. He will get the crowd reactions on the main roster within a month. I guarantee you whatever their plans for LA night are originally much like AJ Styles. I'm predicting that WWE will have to pivot because this guy will be so damn good once he gets there. So I do hope he's on SmackDown. I hope it's as a wrestler and he's going to take over as a top baby face on that brand. I guarantee it. Raquel Gonzalez makes a ton of sense. I think that's why they took the tag team titles off of her. I feel bad for anybody who has to write for NXT during WrestleMania time because clearly they had directions that they were going with Stan and deliver. And then Vince was like, all right, well, maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do that. Let's consider this person. Let's consider that person. And then clearly by the time that NXT had shown up, he changed his mind 17 times and finally had a list of people who were coming up and they're like, okay, well, then, uh, let's just go ahead and give Gunther his go out match. Let's take these titles right back off of Dakota and Raquel. All right. That's going to suck, but we, we got to go with it. Oh, L.A. Knight, He already went out on his back. He's fine. So we'll go there. Oh, OK. You don't want Eichner. All right. That's cool. Well, yeah, I guess we'll sandwich him in with Tony D. Because like you said, that's what makes sense. It's just part of the business with with NXT being a fully developmental brand. At the end of the day, they are being more consistent with storylines and transitioning talent over and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it's still their developmental brand and this is it's it's just going to be part of the problem. Another big problem that WWE has, is we'll do one for the road here. Um lot of weird decisions over the last week and this is something that while i was in dallas i actually missed i i didn't know that any of this stuff was going on so Sb 3 i won't you know you'll take the front on this but uh i was a little surprised when i saw the headline something else that was broken by sean Rossap is uh nash carter one half of msk was released by the company yesterday four days after he won the nxt tag team titles for a second time as a part of MSK at Stand and Deliver. Uh, And apparently there were some very serious allegations against Nash Carter that were out there in the universe before they made this decision, which is a bad look and obviously a bad decision. And apparently they either, I'm guessing, they found out something or Nash said something or they decided that, you know what, it ain't worth it. And they decided to make a change here.
0: Well, basically uh, to put it all out there, Uh, nash carter he was married i guess was is the operative word uh to kimberly was another professional wrestler she's worked with wwe in the past she's worked with impact wrestling most recently um basically she had been on social media accusing nash carter of mentally and physically abusing her and she put out pictures last week of, you know, her face a little bruised up and said that it was caused by Nash Carter. Uh, Wes Lee's significant other came out on social media and it said that Nash Carter had been staying with them for a while because she feels like um, Kimberly has been mentally abusing Nash Carter. So it was a bunch of back and forth uh, Kimberly after MSK won the tag team titles at Stand and Deliver said that she was a proud wife um, and it seemed like she was going back on what she had said previously and then she released more photos saying that she has been physically abused over the weekend and then on Monday she released a picture of Nash Carter with a you know a shaved mustache that was in the In the form of hitler and him doing a nazi a nazi salute which really when you look at it and you know wwe's background it wasn't any of the accusing of abuse that did it for him it was that picture that picture goes against what wwe has that's not a good look that's not the type of uh pr that they want or any type of you know negative feedback that they want and that's why they made the decision Now, why with weeks? Because this has been going on for weeks, ladies and gentlemen, with Kimberly putting out this stuff about Nash Carter. And, you know, for a while, the CWC, after the whole scandal with MSK and Izzy's parents, and that was the reason why MSK was previously booed in CWC. It felt like for a while they got rid of those fans that were connected to Izzy's parents and they had got new fans that were cheering MSK for a while, we started hearing the booze again. And a lot of people were saying that had to do with people who believed what Kimberly was saying. If all of that was already out there for weeks, I don't understand why they went against the whole story that they were building in the tag team division, which was Imperium versus the Creeds. The Creeds won the Dusty Cup. You literally shoehorned msk into this whole situation for them to win at stand the liver when all of this is still going on and now you turn around and now you want to release him because of a pitcher like it just like you this is this is one instance where all the wwe fans out there that always tell people like me who who are upset because Bianca Belair lost in 26 seconds at SummerSlam or or different stuff. They always tell us this major, major catchphrase of them. Let it play out. WWE didn't listen to that catchphrase, evidently, with this decision. They didn't let it play out. They didn't investigate everything before they put the tag team titles back on MSK. It just went against everything that they were building in the story didn't really make a whole bunch of sense when they won at standard deliver. And now it looks even worse in the aftermath.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, they've made some very questionable decisions for decades now. Uh, But this one, man, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And like just everything aside that happened, because again, I'm, 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 just found out about all this stuff this afternoon it was a very very busy week for me uh so it's like it's it's hard to kind of process uh everything here you know because again I, I always liked MSK I liked Nash Carter I like Wesley Nash Carter's a Cincinnati guy like I wanted to like the guy um so all of this is kind of hard to to process you know for me but you know if at the end of the day if he did what he's accused of doing then WWE made the right move timing wise and the look of everything whether what what their actual motivations behind the release were yeah it's it, it's hard to quantify how they could go about making the decisions that they made and then ultimately now find themselves booked where they are where they have tag team gold on one guy who's the only member of a team. And I feel bad for Wes Lee because what does this do now for him in NXT? Now he's going to have to either get a new partner or find himself on, on his, on, on his own. They got to drop the belt somehow. How are they going to work this into a store? It's, it's a giant clusterfuck is what this is.
0: If I'm, if I'm WWE, I would call up Trey Miguel again. You know, we, we'd be like, you know, we understand you rejected us the first time when we signed your boys, but you know, we understand you're the X Division champion. You can even bring the title with you. We just need
1: someone to be tag team partners with Wesley. Please come. That might be a good idea. Like honestly, call up, call up Impact and say, "Hey, can we work out a deal where we can have Trey Miguel for a few weeks? We promise he won't be the one that takes the pin. Whatever you gotta do, whatever makes sense." The end of the day, this is a just a shit situation uh all around and i don't think wwe could have handled this uh much worse uh than what they did appreciate everybody uh tuning into all 59 minutes of this half hour podcast such a great way to end the show probably should have put that up a little bit earlier so we could have ended on a more lighthearted note but uh, eh. mistakes were made lessons are learned hopefully same could be said for for WWE SP three. Uh, we appreciate all you guys. Follow us on Twitter at Rick Uccino. Follow him at True Heel SP three T R U H E E L S P and then the number three again. We appreciate you guys. Make sure to like, share, subscribe to the page. We picked up a ton of followers over WrestleMania weekend. We really, really appreciate that so much. And uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend. We'll be back Monday morning seven a.m. talking about hopefully all of these big call ups. A really exciting. Friday night, SmackDown. Maybe some big news will break over the weekend. Whatever happens, we'll be here Monday morning, 7 a.m. Thank you guys so much. You've been listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.